Welcome to Gardening Talk back on Two and You Are FM. We're in sync today. Oh, we are. We like uh, like like two rails, like two trains going down the track. Exactly. That description of us not being in sync was yeah. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Sharp, thanks for joining us once again. What do you got for us today? Well, today I thought uh, we'd talk about gall wasps because people have been coming in about that. It's not really the season, but it has been a bit of a problem. Uh, we've got a rose growing workshop we can talk about, and we might try and get back to the ancient gardens we were going to try and talk oh, about yes, a couple of weeks right. ago. Yeah, of course we missed you last week because if yeah. Easter. Easter, yeah, yeah. How was your Easter? It was very, very pleasant, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, mine was fine too. I was, I was about to get to that. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Now, Scott, you had a few plants lined up for us today, and one that caught my attention, the gore wasp. The gore wasp. Well, mainly, mainly by its name. Yeah, it's not actually a plant, mate. Oh. Yeah. Oh. We are in sync today, aren't we? Okay, I'll, I'll get my coat and you can take over. Yeah, that's a no, no, no. It, it, like, it's, like it says, it's actually a wasp. Oh. Yeah, and it affects citrus trees. Now, usually it's not so bad at this time of year, but uh, over Easter, a few people came in saying, we've got gall wasp on our citrus. What do we do about it? I'm, I'm thinking, well, why is it around now? But obviously, you know, the weird and wonderful weather that we have, it yep. uh, must still be around. Look, it, it's, it's a little wasp that uh, actually lays... Uh, its eggs on the on the like the branches of citrus trees, and the way it manifests itself, so you know that it's there. You get this swelling sort of lump on the uh, on the branch of the tree, right? And then when it's actually hatched out, there's tiny little pinprick sort of holes all through it. That means they're already gone and and, and done and dusted, yep. so you're too late. Look, the only way to get rid of it, unfortunately is to actually prune it out. Uh, so if you see that lump on, on the branch of your tree, you actually need to cut that out, put it in a plastic bag, and dispose of it in the garbage. Right. Yeah, so there's, there's no other way to do it. You've got to take the whole branch. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't sort of cut out the, the lump yeah. and, and glue and the branch, branch back, back together. together. Yes. Oh, it would be so much easier if you could do I that. No, I know. You, and I could see you looking at me like you, you wanted that to be the case, yeah. but uh, unfortunately, no. That's so disappointing. Yeah. And it, look, it, it's really bad. It won't kill the tree. Um, but it will just make it unsightly. Uh, it sort of opens the tree up, but makes it more susceptible to uh, other pests and disease getting in, uh, fungal disease getting in. So, uh, look, it affects all coastal Queensland, right down here into New South Wales, obviously. Uh, usually, uh, you know, you've pruned it by the end of August, but for some reason, the last couple of weeks, it must be out there, out and about, and uh, doing some damage. So, causing chaos. Causing a little bit of chaos. So, uh, yeah, if you've got gall wasp and it's that lump on your citrus branch, uh, prune it out and uh, put it in the garbage and discard of it. Right. Discard it. Can you put it in the green waste? Uh, look, I would think it might come back out. Again, the best way to do it is actually just to put it in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah. And get rid of it that yeah. way. And seal it up that way so he can't get out. Excellent. Yeah. And we've got Peter from Lemon Tree Passage. And Scotty's got a question about passion fruit. Hey, Peter, how can we help you? Yeah, I've got an Ellie Kelly grafted passion fruit. Uh, according to the thing when I bought it, it said it's flowers in spring and mm. fruit in summer. Yes. Mine's flowering now and it doesn't get any fruit. Right. Oh, now let me, I'll ask you the old passion fruit questions here. Uh, now Nellie Kelly should have like a really big, uh, thick, uh, sort of glossy green, shiny leaf. Are yours that or slightly sort of a thinner and grey uh, colour, not shiny at all? How would you describe it? No, it's a, no it's, it's a really strong, healthy plant. Yeah, okay. Because what, what can happen with Nellie Kelly passion fruit is they're grafted, like you said, and uh, often uh, you know people let them grow from below the graft and it takes over and they, they don't realise that that's the case. And then you get all these flowers on it because it's largely just an ornamental passion fruit, the graft, and uh, 
you don't get any fruit coming on. Uh, now, with yours, uh, you know, it sounds like it is. You've, you've done the right thing, and uh, you know, it's the Nelly Kelly that's that's taken over, and it, it's growing for you, uh, mate. At the moment, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think that you're going to get. Uh, you know, passion fruit on there that's going to ripen for you over winter. And we often get callers, you know, in uh, July, August, uh, you know, that have still got their passion fruit on there and they're not ripening for them. They're just sitting there green. So if you want to, you can actually uh, go and pick some of those flowers off there, just sort of thin it out a little bit because at this time you don't really want the plant to be putting its energy into the fruit when it's just not going to ripen for you. If it doesn't get any fruit. Sorry? It doesn't get any fruit. You said it's flowering at the moment, though? It's flowering, yeah. yeah it's got yeah. flowers, no fruit come off it. Yeah, okay. Well, those flowers are going to turn into fruit, but uh, look, again, yeah, I'd, I'd just pick them off now. Uh, I'd fertilise, uh, you know, with an all-purpose fertiliser, use some sulphate of potash as well uh, because that promotes flowering and fruiting. And then uh, hopefully when we get to August and September, uh, it'll get itself into sync with the seasons and off you'll go then. All right. Yeah. Look, mate, I, I think what's happened this year is, you know, again, we've had a lot of callers, uh, you know, ringing in saying that there's been, you know, just because of the weird weather we've had, we haven't had much rain. And, uh, you know, the, the, the passion fruits and a lot of other plants uh, have just all been a little bit out of sync uh, with the season and they haven't been doing very well. And then all of a sudden we've had some, you know, rain and the plants are going, oh, maybe it is time for me to... Uh, uh, you know, uh, try and uh, have some fruit, but look, it's not going to work for you. I would definitely take the flower off and just uh, sit tight till September. All right, no worries. Okay, Thanks, good on you, Peter. Have a nice afternoon. Thank you. Cheers, bye. And we've got Kevin from Rayworth, and he's got a question about the maple tree. Hey, Kevin, how can we help you? Matey, I think you might have just answered my question with the, the previous bloke. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us your story, though. Okay, I've got a maple tree that's about three or four year old, it's about three and a half metres tall. Um, it started losing its leaves about uh, oh, eight weeks ago mm-hmm. and I put it down to the, the weather um, and the side that lost all its leaves has just sprout leaves again. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right, <laughs> it's the mate. Same thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It is the weather. I've got golden robinias out the front of my place, and it was it was so dry. You know, probably was about eight weeks ago. I sort of turned yeah. into the street and went, "Oh, it's almost winter." Then, because you know the the uh, the uh, plants, the trees had lost all, all of their leaves, and it wasn't because of the cold. It was actually because they were just you know dry, and they just yeah, yeah. they stressed. They'd lost all their leaves because of that, yeah. and now we've had some rain. And all of a sudden, they're sprouting new growth on there. The, the rainbow lorikeets are there chomping away at it. They love it for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but, yeah, look, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think once it cools down, any of that growth that's coming on there now is just going to fall off again anyway. And hopefully we'll have a better season next uh, next uh, year and, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit more, uh, little bit n- more normal than it was this year. Get some and I'll make a statement and say they're mostly like women. They're changing their mind. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to agree with that <laughs> when someone okay, might hear mate. me and then I'll get myself in strife. So. Okay, okay, mate. Much appreciated. Okay, good on you, Kevin. Have a nice afternoon, mate. Bye. I feel like I had a disclaimer that then. I know, I know. Imagine if we agreed with that, we'd be in strife as well. We would be, but our opinions do not reflect those of the caller sometimes. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, we need that little one down there, don't we? <laughs> and we've got Kerry from Swansea Heads and Scott. She's got a question about rhubarb and passion fruit. Hello, Kerry. How can we help you? Good, mate. As yourself, um, I just want to know about rhubarb. Can I <clears throat> do I pull it out of the ground and um, dry it over winter? 
No, no, don't do that. Uh, leave, leave, actually, just leave that in the ground and it will just keep on, on uh, growing for you through winter and uh, spreading out as a clump. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, um, you, you don't pull rhubarb out, yeah. And, um, about um, passion plants. Yes. Passion fruit. For some reason, I've got two passion plants, passion fruit vines, one on one side of the house, one at the back of the house, and they fruit all year. Yeah. All year, I can get, I get out there now, all the way I was out there, Yesterday, and I got about half a bucket full of passions off it. And I shouldn't have no problem. They grow all year out of Swansea Heads. Yeah, look, I think uh, where where was... Uh, uh, Peter was up at Lemonary Passions. He shouldn't have any problem. But unfortunately, look, if, it all, it's all down to do with timing, I guess. If you get the, the fruit to set early enough... Uh, yeah. Then, it, then it, will, it will ripen up during winter. But we get so many phone calls here of people saying, "I've got this green yeah. fruit on on the on the uh, you know passion fruit vine, yeah. and uh, you know it's just not ripening up." And and look, the end result is you're best to take it off because it's just sapping out the energy of the plant by leaving it on there. Yeah, well, I've got that many passions, and it's not funny. And I grew one from seed. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the mates. Well, actually, I seen one of the mates had one growing in the yard, and I said, "Grab one of them passions." He walked by, said, "Grab some seed." Well, yeah. For the last five years, I've been dishing out, giving away. Yeah, yeah look, so, and, and look, there's no, there's no problem with growing passion fruit from seed. It is actually, uh, you know, an easy plant to grow from seed. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's very, yeah. But you got to realise if you, if you grow it in a pot, it's only one chance of plant replanting. You can't replant them again once you've replanted them in the ground because they die. Yeah, yeah. And one more question before I go. Absolutely, mate. Um, I've got a um, pineapple plant. Yes, I've got growing in a pot. Mm-hmm. And the, pot, the dirt in the pot's actually starting to get a bit low. I was wondering if I could lift the plant out and put it back in. It's like it's about 13 months old. It hasn't buried fruit yet. I was wondering if I could move it up, put more dirt and put it back in the pot again. Yeah. Or I'll just leave it as it is. Yeah, look, absolutely, mate. Oh, actually, I've got a pas- I've got a uh, pineapple myself at home. It's doing almost the same thing. It's The soil level's dropped down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, look, they, they're a form of bromeliad, so they've only got a very small root system on them. So I can just lift it up. Absolutely, you can you can lift oh, that back out yeah, and, um, and and put it back in. So they are a clumping plant like bromeliad. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, new pups will come on uh, to each side, and usually when the, you've, you've had the pineapple on there and the pineapple dies off, then the plant dies off as well. But you've got the new pups that come on, uh, so they'll always keep on growing for you. But mate, certainly you can lift that one. Do it now if you want to, and uh, oh, just uh, fill up the uh, soil a little bit. Good on you. Thank you very much for that. Okay, good on you, Kerry. Have a nice afternoon. Bye. Cheers. Pineapples easy to grow? They're not. They're actually, there's very easy to grow down here. No pest and disease. I think the problem with them down here is it's not quite hot enough. Not quite humid enough. Yeah. So you've only got a very small window to get them growing. Uh, we were doing a, a landscape uh, at, at some people's garden a few weeks ago, and they had a whole clump of them in some okay. raised garden beds. And certainly, look, I've got one growing at my place. So we didn't get a pineapple off it this year, uh, but the plant looks quite attractive. Okay. Good-looking plant to boot as well. Yeah, it's sort of a, a greeny-grey uh, coloured uh, leaf on it. Right. And we've got Phil from Lake Munmora. Is that right? That's correct. Excellent. And he's got problems with his citrus tree. Hey, Phil. <laughs> uh, Steve, how can we help you? Yeah, good afternoon, Greg. Good afternoon, Scott. I just uh, moved in a few months ago and uh, got a um, the tree in the yard, uh, the existing tree, which I've pruned, the third, taken a third off it, is, a, uh, is the lime tree. Mm-hmm. And had this stink beetle on it, Scott, and uh, I, I, I got rid of it. I sprayed it with uh, some uh, soapy water, but I sort of eradicated them by, you know, getting rid of the beetles. 
<laughs> I think there's just a colony there. I put a bit of blood and bone around the bottom, and the, the trees come good, but I've got like leaf uh, miners in it now. Yeah, uh, look, leaf, leaf mine is quite uh, common uh, at this time of year. It's a little bit late, but I think because all of a sudden we've had some rain and there's new growth on the plants. So leaf miner, a little moth comes along uh, and it only attacks the new growth, only that new fresh new growth. Right. Uh, it, it lays its eggs and all of a sudden you get those little weevils uh, hatching out and then they go in between the membrane of the uh, the nice fresh new leaf on the citrus plant. Uh, look, the only way to get rid of it is to use a product called Eco Oil, and you have to spray pre- preventatively. I got that word out eventually. Preventatively, uh, when you see new growth coming on. So, if you've had a you know a, a, a spell of rain or you know a warm patch, and you know some new growth is going to come on, and generally it's around February or March. Uh, that's when you have to start spraying. You spray weekly, uh, and that will generally keep it under control. Some still might slip through. Uh, but you'll, you'll generally keep it under control and you have to keep on spraying until that new growth hardens off when it goes a really nice dark green and almost becomes like a normal leaf and that should keep it under control for you. Okay, so what I've done, I've planted a uh, orange tree, Valencia orange tree nearby, mm-hmm. which I purchased a few months ago and I've also got a mandarin tree. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting right into the citrus. But uh, what I was going to ask you is, it looks like it's, and I've also planted a frangipani, penny, and it looks like it may have gone on, onto the frangipani penny as well. Uh, through, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit of it from that leaf minus. Would that be normal for it to go into the frangipani? No, look, that, that, that sounds a little bit unusual. I'm not saying yeah. it, it couldn't happen. You never, you never na- say never, do you? I... That's right. Yeah. Uh, with the, uh, where it is now on the tree, would you cut all those leaves off? And get rid of them. Oh, look, no, with the frangipani, I, I wouldn't cut it off. I'd leave it as it is. Uh, as oh, as sorry, you... I meant the uh, lime tree. Oh, sorry, yes, lime... yes, certainly with your citrus, uh, prune any of that affected growth off because it's going to be damaged anyway once it hardens up. It'll sort right. of die off anyway. So you might as well prune it off and hope that you get a flush of new growth again. And at that time, once you get that flush of new growth, uh, you can start spraying with that eco oil. And look, I'd say again with the warm weather we're having today and, you know, tomorrow, uh, you know, you might well get a flush of new growth again. Mm, yeah. I parked outside a major hardware store. Any, uh, when you say Duco oil, anything you recommend in particular? What brand? Oh, yeah, that that actually is the brand name. Uh, so it is called Eco Oil, and you should be able to find it. Uh, look at independent garden centres. Um, those big barns might have it. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly you need to get to, to get something that's going to treat citrus leaf miner. And Eco Oil is very good. It's also natural as well. It doesn't harm anything else. Okay, fair enough. That's good. That's very helpful. Uh, thanks very much. Okay, not a problem, Phil. With the leaves, would you would you just cut the branches off of the leaves individually? It's a bit of a time factor with the the leaves on the uh, on the fruit trees, like the lime tree. Would you cut the leaf off individually? Or just cut the branch off. Yeah, look, the best thing to do is just go get uh, you know some pruning shears and just generally go over the top and give it a light you know shaping. I guess is the best way to describe it. Don't go through and sort of pick each leaf off individually, and and also don't go in really hard. I think just a a general you know uh, prune with the shears over the top of that new growth that's affected, uh, that generally cleans it up enough for you. Okay, much appreciated. Okay, good on you, Phil. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a nice afternoon, mate. Thank you, you too. Bye for now. And we've got Steve now from Barnsley, and he's got a question about the brown onion plants. Steve, how can we help you? G'day, Scott. Um, I've got an onion, a brown onion that's shot. I've probably missed my chance to plant it. Um... I believe you plant them uh, 
in the shortest day and, and dig them in the longest day. Oh, right. Okay. Well, look, I have always, you know, said that, you know, around here in Newcastle that you can grow onions pretty much all year round. Right. Uh, so, look, I, I wouldn't think that's a problem. I would uh, put it in the ground and uh, see how you go if you can start to get a bit of a clump forming in there. Yeah, well, um, it's got... Um, it's shot probably three or four inches. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. I'll, I'll get technical and go 100 mil. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no, look, mate, it's all right. We understand both ways here. Oh, that rider. Um, um, so just whack it in anyway. Yeah, just whack it in the ground. Uh, and look, if you don't have any luck with that, you can still go to your local garden centre and buy, you know, a punnet of, you know, onions, brown, white, or whatever you want, and uh, put yep. those in the ground and go from there and see how, how it works out for you. All right, mate. Okay, good on you. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. You've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Danny from Macquarie Hills. And Scott, he's got a question about the macadamia tree. Oh, very, very, very tasty. Danny, how can we help you? Yeah, I've got plenty of nuts um, falling and dropping on the ground, like, you know, this bucket's full, basically. You sound like a little chipmunk out there at Macquarie Hills. <laughs> yeah, well, it's in a good spot. but um, Chip and Dale. <laughs> biggest problem is the borer. There'd be thirty, forty percent of the nuts have been hit with the borer. Okay. What's the What's the fix to get rid of the borer? Yeah, the, the fix to get rid of the borer is to get rid of the uh, you know the insect that's actually laying them earlier on as the nut sets. Uh, mm. So look, all all too late now, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, so what you're going to have to do is uh, you know set up some sort of spraying regime. Uh, you know, when you see the flowers on the on the tree and you're seeing the nuts uh, start to s- sort of set after that. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I'm just trying to think of, you know, something that's going to be a little bit safe for you to use, uh, you know, because you don't want to also be, um, you know, getting rid of the bees at the same time. No, uh, no I've got a couple of bees and I had enough trouble yeah. with those as it is. Yeah, so, look, that made, unfortunately, that is going to be very difficult for you in that case. Um, look, the only... <laughs> Something that's bee-friendly, and we were just talking uh, to Phil from Lake Mamora about it, is uh, getting a product called Eco Oil, uh, which is sort of a it's a, you know, it's a it's a bio-insecticide. It's more of a preventative than anything, uh, and it's not going to affect the bees if you use that. So what I'd be doing is once you see those nuts starting to set, uh, starting to spray those at that time, uh, you know, sort of every week, uh, just to try and form a protective barrier to stop those eggs being laid. It's not a not a blossom time. It's when the nuts are actually yeah. It's formed. when 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 the nuts are actually formed. That's when you have to do yeah. that. Okay, I'll give that a try. Okay, uh, look, mate, I'm I'm sorry, but that's about the uh, that's about the best I can suggest for that. Especially when you said you've got the, uh, uh, you know, you've got the bees around. You obviously don't want to be, uh, um, you know, trying to, uh, um, you know, spray and, and uh, harm those at the same time. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll give them a miss that way. Yeah. Okay, okay. thanks a lot for that. Okay, not a problem. We'll see you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right. Now, Scott, on the weekends, I heard a little bit of a fable, perhaps, about throwing coffee granules on your garden. It's funny. I heard something like that just last week as well. Oh, that's a bit of a coincidence. Ah, finally, by the end of the show, we're in sync with each other. <laughs> it's only taken 55 minutes. Uh, we got there. We got there. Uh, yeah, uh, coffee grounds. On, on. Do you want to use some, do you? Well, yeah. If I heard, can you throw them... And that's basically promote the growth or something? Or? Yeah, look, the, the story I actually heard uh, last week was that uh, coffee grounds weren't good for the garden because caffeine is actually an inhibitor 
of uh, of plant growth. But I guess the short answer is yes, you can use coffee grounds, uh, you know, over your your garden if you want to, but only use it very lightly. It actually isn't a bad fertilizer, but again, just a very light sprinkling. Uh, the other reason uh, to you know it's only very fine granules as well. So if yep. you, if you put it. Uh, uh, you know, in a, as a big thick mulch, it's actually going to repel the water as well. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Look, I guess the answer to that is uh, just uh, use it. Um, you know, in moderation. Like 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 drinking coffee. Just like have drinking it coffee in moderation. Yeah, have it in moderation. Just sprinkle it. You know, it, look, it can also change the pH of soil, so you just have to be a little bit careful about just that. A light dusting, perhaps. I think so. Yes. Excellent. Is there a good sort to use? Just ground, or can you use instant coffee? Well, instant's obviously going to be better, isn't it? Because you know the plants will grow straight away for you. <laughs> Oh, that is terrible. Oh. <laughs> we rehearsed that one as well. I oh, know. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. Scott, I think we've got time for one more call of that and we'll leave it with that. We've got Gwen from Beresfield and she's got something eating her new growth on her roses. Gwen, how can we help you? Hello, Scott. I want to know um, which pest it is that's... I've, I've got some roses and they're all getting their new, new growth on all the lovely pink yeah. leaves before the buds come. And particularly the the children's rose, and it's something is chewing through the stem below the new growth. And I go out of a morning, and there's been chewed, 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 and the new growth has all died and wilted and hanging down. Okay, look. Uh, is it a leaf hopper? Uh, you know. Yeah, look. You, or what? you can you can get leaf cutter bees, but they actually just land and do a quick little cut out of the leaf of the uh, rose, but it, so it won't be there. No. Uh, look, it, it's probably going to be a leaf hopper or a grasshopper of, of some sort that's doing that sort of damage. Uh, look, it won't be snails because obviously they don't like their way up the uh, stem of the rose, especially not the children's rose because it's a little no. bit spiky. Um, so, look, the only thing with grasshoppers very difficult to control. You actually have to, uh, you know, more or less be there and, and see them do it, and then give them a spray. Uh, so, very difficult to control. Uh, Look, what can I spray with? Well, there's nothing you can really preventatively <laughs> spray with to keep grasshoppers under control, unfortunately. Uh, they, yeah. they are just one of those things, uh, you know, you might as well have an eagle landing on your plant because, uh, you know, you actually have to hit the grasshopper with the spray to uh, mm. to bring it down. Yeah, it's nothing you can spray there and, you know, it lands and gets it on its feet <clears> and, uh, you know, it kills it. So very difficult to get rid of, unfortunately. Yes, I, I did try putting the dust on, the rose dust, and that did work in between, but then the wind blows that off or the rain or the dew blow gets rid of that. And then I go out the next morning and it's just, it's never happened before. And I've had this rose for, oh, donkey's years, yeah. 20 years or so. So look, I, look, I, I would then recommend if the dust has worked for you, just keep on being, you know, persistent and vigilant with that. Uh, you know, if it does rain, just go out and re-dust. You know, it's pretty easy to apply the dust. You don't have to mix anything up. And uh, hopefully that'll keep them uh, at bay for you. Hmm. Okay, okay, good on you. you. Have a nice afternoon. To, to be worried, you too. I like I like that uh, coffee joke too. By the way, oh, th- oh you're, thank you're very you. quick, very quick, and, well, and, and completely unsolicited <laughs> there as well. You just said that off off the bat. We thank you well, for that. No pressure at all. <laughs> no, we really thank you for that, Gwen. <laughs> Rightio then. Okay, have a nice afternoon. Thank you, Scott. Bye bye. Bye bye. If we had a caller for the day, it would be called Big Gwen now. Oh, Gwen! Gwen was our favourite caller for the day. 
Scott, we've got a couple of seconds left, and you've got one more thing you'd like to mention before you head off. Yeah, so uh, look, the Rose Society of uh, New South Wales, uh, they are conducting a rose growing workshop. It's going to be out at Wall's End. Uh, look, that's going to be on Saturday, the 21st of April, so it's still a couple of weeks away. It's between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Uh, look, it's, it's designed for all sorts of rose growers, you know, if you're an expert or uh, a novice. So we'll talk about it a little bit more next week, if you'd like. Excellent. We'll do. We'll have to do Ancient Gardens as well. Uh, we, we'll get that one done. We'll, we'll postpone that next week. <laughs> Scott Sharp, see you next time. See you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.